You're listening to your superpowered mind on the Superpower Up podcast, the show that investigates the innate power within your brain to create lasting change. Hello, everyone. Welcome to your superpowered mind. I'm your host, Kristen Maxwell. And in this show, we explore the process of transformation and give you tools and strategies you can use to transform your own life. Today, we're going to be talking to Joy Freeman about healing shame to build self-worth. Joy Freeman is, has been a pioneer in the field of health, personal growth, and transformation for over 35 years as a natural physician, transformational life counselor, speaker, and workshop facilitator. As an author, her most recent book is Seven Keys to Connection, How to Move Beyond the Trauma of a Disconnected Culture. Joy leads transformational workshops and retreats that incorporate expressive arts, deep process, ritual, and nature. Joy, welcome to your superpowered mind. Thank you. Hi. (laughs) Hi. Great to have you here. Thank you. So my first question always is, what superpower did you uncover as the result of mastering your mind? Well, there are many, many, um, but I'm going to say one that has been really potent, and that has been the capability to, to uncover any nooks and crannies in my consciousness where I have not fully loved, accepted, allowed, and judged, or perhaps judged myself in those places. So learning self-compassion, not just in general, you know, we can talk about that and say, oh, you know, we need to be compassionate, but really learning how to get in there and find out what are the little shadow pieces. What are the places in me that I have not allowed or have I not even known they were there, but needed my love, acceptance, and ultimately transformation? Or they transformed when I did that, let's say that. Right. Well, that's beautiful, really. Um, that idea of self-compassion towards all parts of you, and that is something that, Um, I think we don't pay very much attention to, which is one of the reasons why I'm so glad uh, to be able to talk to you today, because, you know, one of some of the work that you do revolves around shame and developmental trauma. And so I want to start first by what would you, what is shame? How do you define shame? Shame is, is what's underneath depression, anxiety, addictions, long-term chronic health issues, on and on and on. Shame lies underneath it. And only recently have have uh, researchers and therapists and people who understand the psyche, uh, only recently are they bringing it to the fore. And basically what it is, it's when we come to a place not with our conscious mind necessarily, but our subconscious mind that just says, I am bad. I am 
no good. I am unlovable. I mean, we've heard these kind of belief systems over the years, and but but this is different, and it's not. I'm bad because you know I did this wrong thing. That's guilt. This is just an inference that gets gets in there. And it gets in there for a number of reasons. Um, and I don't know if you want me to go into those reasons yet. Sure, yeah, I would love. Yeah. So how, how, and first of all, is this something, would you say that shame is really common? Is this something that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's pervasive in our culture. Um, and in a little bit, I'll tell you about some of our reactions to shame, like how, how the way that people, how people um, uh, respond to it. But before I get into that, I guess I will say, you know, how and does it get set up? Well, so let me, I'm going to take a little sidestep to something called ACEs. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Those are adverse childhood experiences. And unbelievable how prolific they are. And they came about through a, a study that Kaiser did many years ago, along with the CDC, you know, Center for Disease Control. And and what they found was that a huge percentage of people have at least one and, and often three or four. Um, and the people in their hospital who had these conditions mostly all had a, a higher number of them. And what they are are, for example, recurrent uh, physical abuse or emotional abuse, sexual abuse or emotional or physical neglect. Divorce. I mean, think how many kids go through that, but particularly not just a divorce, but, you know, angry divorces and separations uh, or having an alcohol or drug abuser in the house or an incarcerated household member or someone who's chronically depressed, suicidal, you know, this or mothers who have been treated violently or partner violence and having one or no parents. These are like what we would call more obvious traumas, and they are developmental trauma. They are what we call developmental trauma because they happen as we're growing and often ongoing. The shock trauma is like one incident, really bad, but when we have ongoing, they call it developmental trauma. But what I find really interesting is that it isn't just these kind of traumas. It's also what they're that what's really coming to the fore is the concept of non-attunement. And mm. attunement means and, and from this we form um, insecure attachments. So attunement means that the mother is able to, you know, calmly look in your eyes. She has a, her face is lifted and this goes into something called polyvagal theory, which we may, may or may not have time to go into, but it's fascinating because when that face lifts, the, the, the smile, the prosody and the voice, which is like a lilting voice, a happy voice, a kind voice, um, it, it triggers cues of safety inside the the being. And when it doesn't have that, it, it, it's the opposite. It goes into threat. And when it goes into threat, then you have this internal uh, fight or flight, which is um, an aroused sympathetic nervous system. It can also go into freeze, which is a place where you eventually just sort of collapse and give up. Well, anyway, all of these, these circumstances, when we do not have um, 
we do not have this connection. And I like to bring it up because it happens in normal households, even when the parents are doing the best they can do. They're right. also also in situations where, oh, oh, we want our kid to be the best. So so they've got them in the, in all the courses, you know, running them around, the stress, the internal stress that creates and or because it's oh it's so dangerous your kid can't go out and play so they're projecting their fears even though they're loving parents but they're projecting so much tension and anxiety that it 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 causes that kind of reaction in this right that's fascinating so basically what you're saying is all of us to some degree yes will have some degree probably of non-attunement from our parents and then some degree of insecure attachment. It's fascinating. And I really want to go into it a bit more. We need to um, take a break. Can you very quickly tell people where people can find more about you? You'll have the opportunity again at the end, but I just want people to know before we go to break. Okay. Um, Well, I have a website. It's drjoyfreeman.com. And uh, my number, I'm really happy for people to call me. I know you're not supposed to do, but I don't have that kind of fear that, you know, people are running. Um, it's 727-242-1311. Or you can email me uh, on the website has information for how to email me directly. And uh, com is easy to remember. And then there's my book as well. You can get more information on the seven keys to connection book, which is available on Amazon and through different um, book sources. If you ask them to order it, bookstores. Right. That's awesome. So I am very excited to go more into uh, the process of healing shame to build self-worth, but we are going to go to a break. All right. Are you here to change the world? Do you talk about things like vibration, frequency, awakening, and consciousness? Are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The Superpower Net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer learning, intensive one-on-one coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just like you. When you join the Net, you get 24-7 access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you're ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the Superpower Net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to your Superpowered Mind, and we're talking to Joy Freeman about healing shame to build self-worth. So before we went to break, we were just um, talking about how the fact that pretty much everybody probably has some degree of shame. So can you explain a little bit like what, what does shame look like in a life, in our lives? You know, what are some of the reactions? Okay. Well, that's a great question. So um, we, you might see it as what we could call attacking another. So a woman named Brene Brown has really uh, done a lot of work with shame and talks a lot about it. And she broke it into three categories. I'm going to talk to you five categories of how we react to shame. 
But um, her category, she calls moving against, is where we try to gain power over others. It's like an aggressive energy. So that's when people are blaming other people and they're criticizing or they have rage or they even get violent. So that's one way you can see it. Another way is the attack self. She calls it moving away, like withdrawing hiding, silencing ourselves, keeping secrets. So you can also look at it, uh, the attack self aspect as like the inner critic or perfectionism or just thinking, ah, I can't, you know, I'm no good. Um, but I, I think the really most important one to really pay attention to right now for the average person is that kind of silencing ourselves, how we don't let ourselves just be seen we can't take risks because we can't um because we're hiding we're withdrawing um and also isolation comes in that 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 desire to like oh i don't want to socialize or else it's the opposite where they constantly you have to have a person around you all the time and then there's another response um which Brene calls moving towards which is seeking to please and appease or we could also say it um uh, doing whatever it takes to keep connection. So, you know, codependence can fall into that. And then the last one is denying, which is where we go addictions or dissociation, numbness, or total shutdown. So that's, those are some of the common reactions to shame. Um, but now there's interesting concept of, of how it grows shame, what makes shame get worse in our lives. And that could be sort of bottled, I mean, bottom line down to judgment, secrecy, and silence. Mm. So you asked the question, well, how do you undo it? Um, you know, how do you transform out of it? And the opposite is empathy is being received and attuned to. Now, remember going back to the initial issue of attunement. So when we don't get it, it, it starts to set up the shame situation, but at the same time, giving it, giving someone who's like, who's receptive to you, who, who attunes to what you're saying, who sees you. Um, that could even be a paid, you know, a therapist that is understand shame. Um, that, helps to unwind it. It's like the antibiotic for it. And I use that word because uh, there's this great analogy. If you had a Petri dish and the Petri dish, you know what that is, right? In, in yes. biological science. So, so you put in say uh, some microbes and, and if you put drop, what feeds those microbes is, as I said, the judgment, secrecy and silence. But if you feed it uh, like an antibiotic, you feed it this empathy it, it starts to heal it. So there's more to it than that, but let's say that's the beginning. Um, also, I like the analogy of, of like empathy is like the light and shame is the darkness. And so just like with light, um, darkness cannot survive in the, when the light is, sh is shown on it, right? So in the same way, this darkness of shame cannot survive in an environment of the light of love, empathy, self-compassion, what we started, what I started talking about in the beginning. So how, you know, if somebody is dealing with shame and feeling shame, 
how do you recommend they go about shining light on this? Because maybe they're not sure that they're worthy of the empathy or the love. Oh, that's a good question because you're really right about that. Are they worthy? Because a lot of people don't even know, most people don't even know they carry shame. They don't even want to talk about it because, oh, shame, you know, it's, it's a shameful word, shame. You know, oh, I don't have shame, you know, or that's too horrible to be me or I'm too too tough of a guy to think I have shame. Um, <laughs> but those reactions I mentioned can let you know, yeah, you got shame. You, you're involved in all that or you're constantly creating abusive relationships or non-loving relationships. There's shame under there. So you asked, how can someone go about it if, they don't feel they're worthy of it. Well, it's kind of like like anything, like addiction even. You know, you have to hit, you don't have to do this, but if you're a resistant person, you probably have to do this. You have to hit some kind of bottom. You have to, wow, to the point that you're willing. I, well, I'll do anything. I surrender. I'll do anything to move beyond this. And when you, if you're at that point, then you're going to want to reach out. I mean, something as simple as my book, The Seven Keys, There's, I have the key. I have many keys in there, many practices, many um, explanations to help you understand. I believe understanding is power. Understanding takes us out of our, our, our reactive hind brain, which is our early reptilian brain that reacts in these kind of ways, which as I said before, that we go into fight or flight when we don't have the connection or we've had actual traumas. And that, that kicks you right into that fear, that place of threat or fear of, of there's not a human being there. We are born to bond. We are born as mammals to have connection. And when we don't have it or it's sort of there and we don't feel it consistently, we go into fear. And that fear is what puts us in this lower brain. So going back to what I was saying, that uh, uh, understanding helps to pull us up into our frontal brain, into our wiser, higher brain, where, where we can heal ourselves, where we do want to reach out for connection. So going back to what I was saying about the book, the book has many, many tools and a lot of understanding so that also we don't add fuel to the fire by blaming ourselves for being whatever it is. If you have anxiety, you have depression, you have addictions, or you have conditions, physical conditions that aren't healing up. Okay. It, the guilt of the, the, the making ourselves wrong makes it all worse. It's not your fault. We live in a culture that has set this up for ourselves. We're born into it. But this is the time on the planet to turn it around. Mm -hmm. And there are tools, many, many tools. And that's what I think was so special about my book is that I can yield. You don't have to read 20 books. It's there, all there. I mean, most everything you need for a, not everything, I can't say that, but much for a full transformational path is integrated into this one resource wow that sounds powerful i don't want to say one other thing people told me no it's too much in this book no i want people to be able to transform and i couldn't not put it all in there because because we need it's a multi-dimensional path to be able to unwind 
from from all of the wounding and from all of this um, uh, let's say historical trauma that's right. in our system. Yes, you know. So one of the things you know, I'm there are some people who you know they're they're really not functioning very well at all, and so. Mm -hmm. But what if, you know, you're somebody and, you, you know, you have relationships and you, you have a job, but there's still this feeling of, um, you, you know, sort of maybe a lower yes. shame, you know, where you're feeling like you are a little bit hiding or you are holding yourself back. You know, this comes up with entrepreneurs. They're not taking the actions they know they need to take. Yes. So you know what, I guess you're saying that they can start to understand what's going on with their prefrontal cortex. That's a first step. Yes. So what's, what's an example of like another step that they could take? So understanding, okay, this is being triggered by my shame or just not feeling safe, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, well, it, the way I've laid it out in the book is this, that the, the very first, first step is to say, I am willing. I am willing and I know, I accept that there's some place here I'm not, I'm not owning up to. Okay, then what I call the witness. The witness is some people call it mindfulness. I call it the witness. And that is witnessing, noticing throughout our day, being willing to pay attention throughout the day that where, when and where am I, am I coming from a place that is a, a pattern, that is a, something that might have served me in the past, but that no longer is serving me? Like, am I being, oh, am I trying to be the, uh, the most capable person around? Am I trying to uh, fix everybody? Am I, am I coming from a, a codependent place? I'm willing to give up my truth so that somebody won't get mad at me or so I'll be liked. There's like so many, right. many patterns that we do that are, are part of these re this reaction. And yes. so... This, so, but actually, yeah. I'm going to stop you there just for a second, yeah. because that is one of the areas where I notice people, you know, whether it's for their health or for their business, you know, that one of the patterns is they go into overwhelm. It's all they don't know what to do, and they completely just shut down. And so just recognizing that that is a pattern, you know, that that is somehow yeah. some well, it's a pattern that you have set up and that therefore in recognizing that it's a pattern, you can choose a different way. You can choose yes. a different pattern. However, however, that yes. can be easier said than done. And again, you know, because I don't have time yes. to explain everything, I keep referring to the book, but in the book, I have a whole section on something called internal family systems, which is, which is a system for kind of uh, categorizing these internal parts mm -hmm. and it helps you to be able to recognize them and it also gives you very specific way to work with them that will transform them, begin to transform them. And when I say transform, that's an important word because we're not saying, oh, we're going to get rid of it. We want to use it 
We want to use its strength because every weakness has a strength, just as any overstrength has a has a weakness. Just like these these protective mechanisms that uh, are can that powerfully helped us when we were young. They also we keep using them, and then they cause us problems when we get older. So there was a strength that caused a weakness, but there is but there are strengths in there. And so as we learn to trans learn how to transform these parts that are causing us problems and use their, their best qualities, their strengths, then they become resources. So all of this starts to build our resilience, our ability to, to be at peace, our ability to, to take Here's how I, I say it. Ultimately, I say that, that we build a relationship of trust with ourself and spirit. And when we and when we have a relationship of trust, it builds a foundation of strength and courage. And the strength and courage gives us the ability to take risks. And you cannot be an entrepreneur. You cannot be anybody who's trying to be self-expressed and not take risks. But you can't take those risks if you don't have a strong foundation underneath you. And so it is it is these seven keys that that I have brought forth that help to give you that foundation of strength. And one of the other piece about it so interesting is that as I looked at it, after I really congealed these, I was like, wow, each of these is a feminine principle. And the and we are in and part of I talk about the cultural issues, part of our cultural uh, problem is that we're in a, a coming out of a period of heavy patriarchy and we're sort of at a precipice now, you know, the, where the light and the dark and the patriarchy and the, the feminism, you know, are, are butting up against each other. But th this, all of these keys are aspects of the feminine that can help us counterbalance having been so far off on the young far young side and i'm not proposing that we go far over to the yin i'm only saying as we bring it in it helps to balance heal and transform those aspects of the young where it was way over to the far left right side okay i get it mixed right. up left, right, right. right right what the, the other far, side yes. yes the far right side so yeah. we want to come back to a center place that flows beautifully like a figure eight between the left and the right in a more centered place instead of out there at the extremes right right and so and that's a little bit like what you're saying with respect to these pieces of us that we don't necessarily like is that recognizing that yes, there are ways that we have these characteristics and our patterns that that are not helpful for us, but that there are some strengths that come from that. Can you just give a really short, we're starting to run out of time, but can you give a short example of you know where where a pattern or behavior or trait that you don't like actually has strengths too for you? Okay, let's see. Okay. Uh, it's so funny because I work with people doing this work all the time and every day, you know, we talk about one of their protectors as I call it, or a manager, um, and then transform it. And, and so if I, because there's tons of them. Um, okay. So let's say, uh, okay. Something really simple, like judgment, self judgment. Yes. If, if we, um, judge ourselves obviously that's going to keep us down 
the judger. Okay. So the answer to that question uh, is, I'll give you an example of, say, being self-critical. So there's a part of you that wants to beat you up all the time and tell you you're, you know, you're not doing it quite right, et cetera, et cetera. And that part had value at some level when you were little, it didn't want you to be laughed at or it wanted to make sure you did it right because it thought you could gain the love or attention that you needed from a parent. But now it does nothing but beat you up. However, that part has the ability to actually uh, be a cheerleader. That part has the ability to discern. It can, it can discern what is good for you and what's not good for you. If you go into a situation, oh, this, this isn't right, and it lets you know that. Um, or, or as I was saying, uh, many times coaches can be very harsh, but they also don't, not all coaches are harsh. Some are like cheerleaders. And so that is something that it can be trained into being where it supports you instead of beats you up. But for it to do that, it needs to undergo a process. And you can find out about that process in, I give a very detailed version in the, in the very end of the Seven Keys book. But right. that's just an example. Yeah, so there's parts that you can take the strength and and use that, turn that around and use it in ways that are going to support you rather than, than get in your way. So that's wonderful. But, but let me say one other thing about it. It takes first what we doing what we call befriending it. So that is the part I was saying earlier about coming to a place of compassion for it and understanding it. So having a deeper conversation with it to understand, you know, what were you trying to do for me? Oh, and when you get it, it's like all of a sudden your heart kind of opens like, oh, yeah, I don't have to hate it now. I mean, I hate, I don't like what's been happening, but I don't hate it because I get it that it really, really was trying to help me, even though it was in some backward way, either that it learned from someone else or just somehow picked up that that was how it was supposed to help you. Right. That's great. So can you remind people, um, once again, where they can learn more about you and your book. Okay, you can go to www.drjoyfreeman.com. You can call me, 727-242-1311. Oh, and I do offer a 20-minute session with me just to kind of feel in and see if if it seems like the the right choice for you. Um, and, and you can also go to any bookstore and ask them to order the seven keys or go on Amazon. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. Welcome. Good. Thank you. And listeners, thank you for being here. Um, until next time, go out and remember that you do hold the power to change and transform your world. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today. 